what what I really appreciated about that that moment in time was we we still stuck to our our mission and our in our vision and said we're going to figure this out this will be happening we'll do whatever it takes to make it happen and I think I do know being in the entrepreneurial space for years I know that a lot of people would quit at that time um, and I'm just I'm glad that we are just like willing to to go to that extent if need be. My name is Leif Arneson. My brother Anders and I are on a mission to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. We firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. Let's work together to inspire change, spread compassion, and challenge the status quo. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. All right, it's been a little bit since we sat down and recorded a podcast. How are you doing? Well, just getting over COVID. Uh, I probably sound a little raspy, actually, uh, over this, but uh, for the most part, really good. I'm glad I'm not in the, the uh, I don't know, the, what? COVID brain. <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, uh, in the brunt, it, I was going to say the brunt of it, but I don't think that's the right word. I was thinking like, what is what is the word for saying in the? I guess you you've could gotten say over the, the worst of it. it. Yeah, you're you're on the men. Yeah, you're recovering. I I swear it's like I I forget currently forget some words and how to like describe things. And okay. I, well, that's typically be... that's typically the case for me sometimes, but it's even more so. It's heightened since I've had COVID. Okay, well, this is going to be an interesting episode then. <laughs> All right, well, let's just jump let me right remember in. my life. What's that? It's like let me remember my life. <laughs> oh, for for asking questions? Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll let you remember your life. <laughs> All right, episode. Uh, yeah, question number one comes from Shasta. And she asks, was there ever a time where you doubted the future success of the vegan gym? And if so, what did you do to preserve and make it into the thriving business and community that it is today? Did you pivot or change strategies or stick with your original plan? What are you most looking forward to for the vegan gym and the vegan superhero Academy over the next three years? I feel so, like that's many questions in one question. <laughs> yeah. So let's it bring is. it down. So let's let's start <laughs> let's start with the first one. Is there was there ever a time when you doubted the future success of the vegan gym? I have an answer to this. I want to hear yours first. And then <laughs> I so I so I'll, I'll brief I'll, I'm going to briefly answer it. Um but I want to hear at what point you felt the same. I never doubted the success of the vegan gym. I doubted the rate of success of the vegan gym before. Yeah. 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 I guess I, the biggest, the biggest time when I doubted the success was when COVID happened. Exactly. We were just starting See, to, that's what I wanted you to answer. We were just starting to gain traction. We were literally on our last negative dollars <laughs> we we were when she says debt. negative dollars it is maxed out credit cards yeah like the the end of our debt allowance yes and our actually our christmas present from our mom in 2019 was rent money for january oh it was because we didn't we didn't have it <laughs> yeah that's 
that was that was rough and actually just as a little aside i think it's i think that's a really helpful mentality to just maintain just like hey i'm on my last few dollars and i just need to i need to make it happen right now right like i i need to i need to eat next month and pay rent like and i need to and i'm behind and i need to do whatever it takes yeah like that's once you yeah, I. It, it, def- it definitely a, sparks a different drive. Yeah, because you're like, I need to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is just you're in survival mode, yeah. and it's I will, I will do whatever it takes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was the, that was definitely a a. I, re- I remember sitting down and having a conversation with you, and we were talking about the the potential of working a part-time yeah getting part-time jobs part-time jobs we were like we started mapping out this plan and said okay worst case scenario we get we can get part-time jobs uh we can move back in with our parents oh man we did talk about that i was thinking yeah it was just whatever needs to happen we can do that and i guess i also that was the that was the biggest time where I doubted the success of the vegan gym, but I also knew it was just a matter of timeline. Right. And so that's like why can, I, that's why I said I never doubted the success of the vegan gym. It was just a matter of when is it going to be successful. Yeah. So the what what I really appreciated about that that moment in time was we we still stuck to our, our mission and our, in our vision and said, we're going to figure this out. This will be happening. We'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I think I do know being in the entrepreneurial space for years, I know that a lot of people would quit at that time. Um, and I'm just, I'm glad that we were just like willing to, to go to that extent if need be. So that was just such an interesting time in our business. Yeah. I still, I still try to operate from that place as much as possible. When it comes to, when it comes to what we spend money on, I am very, I, I make sure that we are only investing on in things that are absolutely necessary. I don't want any extra fluff. I, I want to, I want to create a a rainy day fund. I want to have a buffer. I want to be sure that our mission lives on. That's a lot more important than having whatever exactly kind of flashy right. things we uh, we think we might need for our business or something. We're actually we're about to announce a bunch of events to our community that we're going to be. Uh, hosting or being part of this year. So we're going to be going to a bunch of different events around the country in 2023. And we were looking at shipping costs for getting a third-party logistics company to ship our stuff everywhere. And it's a lot of stuff. Um, It's... uh, yeah, anywhere from a thousand pounds to several thousand pounds, and like a pretty, pretty significant amount of stuff. And the shipping quotes were a lot higher than we thought. And we started looking into getting our own vehicle and 
getting your own vehicle is super expensive. Which so. I actually never thought that we, I never envisioned having a company vehicle, but it's kind of an, it's kind of cool to talk about, Hey, we were talking about getting part-time jobs. Now we're thinking about getting a company vehicle. Well, my point is we're looking at these different, these different vehicle options yeah. and we're thinking, Hey, how do we spend as little money as possible on this? But just my point that's a that's a little bit of a tangent. My point is we are tr- always tr- trying to operate from that mentality of let's let's be let's save where we're, save where we can. Yeah, and let's just let's just operate from that that kind of survival mindset. Right. Anyways, back to the original question. So, yeah, that was the number one time where I was questioning a bunch of stuff and I thought uh I we were just starting to gain some more traction at that point, and when COVID happened, I I started yeah. getting pretty worried about that. And well, to to go off of the 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 follow up question uh, that I believe that she had was, what did you do to pivot at that time? Correct. That was the like the uh, the second bit. Yeah, she asked, did you pivot or change strategies or stick with your original plan? So I would, I would probably say a hybrid. We stuck with our original plan of just pushing forward and making and really building out our one-on-one online one-on-one coaching program, the Vegan Superhero Academy. But we did pivot, and but what that was the first time in our business that I felt that we really factored in uh, a massive shift in society for like marketing efforts and. Uh, content p- p- being pushed out because we started like marketing tours like we did the the toilet paper dumbbells you know and all that stuff it's like we were I think we were one pretty- person listening knows what you're talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> well scroll all the way back in Instagram you'll find it but it's we, like we did a it's a uh, like a COVID theme we were yeah. we were playing into like the toilet paper and uh, rationing and it was and uh, stuff. COVID COVID Dundee or stuff like that yeah um but uh, it was kind of ridiculous. But then we were we we were pushing forward like our online workout videos on on YouTube and everything. So we were trying to go move with this transition, and I think it served us well. I don't think that we got as much traffic as we thought we were going to get. But it it we were it started the thought process of how do we mold into this and make do with like figure it out instead of feeling feeling like man we're stuck. And I thought that was a really cool pivotal point and growth of our business, which, um, I mean, if you think about it, COVID actually allowed us to, to grow pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. It ended because up, it's online. It ended up being some kind of a uh, wind beneath our wings, but it did not at all look like that. Right. When things were just hap- when uh, We all remember that. It, felt, it seemed like the world was going to just end. <laughs> yeah. So we pivoted a bunch of times. Our offers changed a bunch. Our coaching program has totally changed. We've tried a bunch of offers that have never really got off the ground, like uh, courses, challenges, etc. So yeah, you just, you have to, you have to pivot. I don't, I don't personally know any entrepreneurs who launch with one offer that just crushes and builds a really solid long-term business. Yeah. You just, yeah, you need to be willing to, to just, uh, and what's funny about that is every time we launch the news things, 
I always like, this is it. This is it. This feels great. Like we felt really good about it. And then it would just like flunk. And we're like, yeah, that, and we're like, man, yeah, and it still it, happens. It's, it definitely still happens. Or you happens. put a bunch of time into an ad and you think, oh yeah, this, this ad's great. And then totally flops or anything. So exactly. yeah, you just need to be, you always need to be uh, ready. But that was the craziest time for sure. But ready for that. That was a good question. What are, what are you most, last part of this question is, what are you most looking forward to for the Vegan Gym and the Vegan Superhero Academy over the next three years? Uh, I'll jump in first and say, I'm looking forward to, um, I feel like we have a really great foundation and I'm looking forward to pouring lighter fuel over all of these yeah. growth initiatives. I was going to say expansion. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Just massive growth. So we've taken, we've spent a lot of the last two years just really strengthening a foundation for future growth. I think there are ways of growing faster in a unsustainable way that doesn't have a strong foundation. So any little problem or error that comes up can totally destroy what you've built. And we have taken a different approach. We've just really focused on building a super strong foundation, building a rock star team. And now I mentioned the events and stuff like now we are really pushing out. We actually, we haven't done a single, just as an example, we haven't done a single event since what was it? 2018 or might even, I think it was maybe 2017. I think it might've been 2017. Yeah. Maybe 2017. We haven't done a single event outside of our community. So yeah, we're we, we're uh we're going places. It's it's going to be really cool. We're going places, yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. That's uh, question number one. Question number two. Tracy asked, "Can you both rank your favorite lifts among the big three: squat, bench, deadlift?" And this is also a three-parter. What's your favorite form of cardio? And what's your favorite okay, accessory? Let's just movement? take it one. Of, my COVID brain needs one at a time. All right. <laughs> one at a time. What is your favorite of the big three lifts? Uh, right now or o over, I guess right now, I guess, right? <laughs> no, from 10 years ago. <laughs> Bench is my favorite. Squats, my second. Deadlift, my third. Complete, Deadlift is your third? Completely different from where it was. <laughs> Wait, what did you say is your first? Bench. Bench? Yeah. <laughs> you totally go turn into a bro lifter. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it, that's actually a complete flip from where it was six months ago. So, yeah, actually I would say mine is the exact opposite of what you just said. It would be, uh, it would probably be <laughs> as of, as of yesterday, probably <laughs> it would be, uh, deadlift squat and bench. My favorite is whenever I PR. <laughs> oh come on! Like <laughs> kidding? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty accurate. But yours is yours is completely flipped too, essentially. Yeah, squat would have squat overall has usually been my favorite. Yeah, but 
I've I've been having some issues with my right knee and it's not that bad, but I can't I can't do any more uh deep squats. I can and I'm I'll work back into it. And I do personally feel that they are really beneficial, but I I've just been having some issues and I think most most of all is just be, it's because of all the sitting I've been doing. So I've actually I just got <laughs> I had to talk about this at some point. I just got a walking treadmill like a a week and a half ago. It's a walking pad that I put under my desk and I have been easily hitting 15k plus steps per day with basically no effort. I've never heard of it called a walking pad. It's a treadmill. Well, it it's it's not it's a type of treadmill, but it's it has not, tread and it's it has mills. That's a quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just never heard of walking pad. Yeah, it's a sounds like a trainer. <laughs> well, it doesn't it doesn't go up above I don't know like three and a half or four miles an hour. So it's not you're not going to run on it. So, anyways, walking pad, treadmill, whatever you want to call it. I got this, put it under my desk. I've been doing a bunch of steps, and I haven't been sitting as much, which has been actually really helpful for my legs and lower back. So I've noticed a difference in the gym and I think that will be really helpful. So I think that's the primary reason I've been having some issues recently with my knee is I'm just sitting too much. Anyways, I, yeah, I, I've been, I've honestly been feeling pretty weak on all of the lifts for realistically since our Ironman training, which is forever ago, but it's just, it's, it has been difficult for me to get back into heavy lifting and that mostly just comes down to me uh, not devoting the time, not putting in the time yeah. and effort. So I ended up uh, getting a coach about a month, a little over a month ago, and that's been really great for me. So I, I'm actually working with a coach from our team, uh, Coach Lukash, and that's been really awesome. And I've just been in a really consistent groove. <clears throat> so I just hit, uh, I hit 455 on deadlift yesterday for a single, and that felt really good, which is on on the way to my all-time PR of 500, which uh, is pretty good for me. And that's, and I see myself being able to build back up to that and beyond. And I just, I don't know, there's something really, really cool about deadlifts. It's, it's so simple. You just have a weight on the floor. How much can you pick up off the floor? Yeah. It's just really kind of primal. So I don't know. I like that. All right, so that's number one. What's your favorite form of cardio? Cycling. Yeah, I was going to say probably cycling. But actually, swimming swimming in an open lake with the sun shining down on your back is... See, see I can't do that because really, all I think about is what's beneath me the entire time. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just going to get ripped underneath from some animal. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of putting in putting in the reps. Yeah. And and you become more comfortable with that. There is actually a pretty nice lake, uh, Arcadia, that you can go to. 
here. Okay. Um, I was not, yeah, I was going to say Hefner is not. You, you can't swim in there. Not nice. That's actually our drinking water. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I was, that's man-made, which is ridiculous. Okay. So you can't pee in there either? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people do. <laughs> yeah, it all gets filtered. Um, but uh, cycling, uh, something I'm looking forward to. I still need to fix my bike after the last century ride attempt that I had. Um, but uh, there's the cool thing about where we live is there, there's paths, cycling paths and running paths everywhere. There's a ton, 10, so around Hefner Lake, which is two miles from us, um, there has a track around it that's 10 miles. So that's how big this lake is, man-made. 10-mile path that you can just go and cycle around. Like, that's, I think that's incredible. Um, so I look forward to getting into that. This Have this, you gone on that path yet? Not yet, no. Okay, it's not very nice. <laughs> well, it's, it'll be nice for cycling. It's really windy because it right off it's right off the lake. Yeah. So there's a ton of wind and when I went there to run it was it just was cold, windy and Well, there's also a lot of cycling paths that are on the level where the houses are into the city. That's doesn't go on any roads as well. I yeah. forget the name of it, but yeah. that's what I look forward to doing. Um so cool. Yeah, I would love to get out and cycle as well. That's something I need to do. But I only have my triathlon bike right now, which is not really comfortable to be riding for distances and I don't want to get a get a road bike right now. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I'd say. I have been itching to swim, but I Yeah, I I much prefer doing that in open water actually. It's way better, I think, than being in a pool. But I, yeah, I guess I need to check out, you said Lake Arcadia? Yeah, I think that's I need to check that out. All right, cool. Uh, last question, favorite accessory movement? Tricep push down. Okay. Yeah, I was, I would probably say. Or, oh, I, man, I have to say this. Or lat pull down with the mag grips. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you could make a case for that not being an accessory movement but yeah i guess you so but it's a really great movement yeah, <laughs> yeah those anything with a mag grip <laughs> phenomenal pieces of equipment yeah those are pretty nice i would probably say i would actually probably say overhead tricep extensions interesting i can't control it like i can with push downs but yeah or lying overhead extensions with dumbbells. Uh, not such a fan. I love cable movements. Yeah. If they're, yeah, if I had to choose another one, it would probably be dumbbell preacher curls. I really love, mm. I love doing. I've never liked those. Preacher curls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it shows. <laughs> yeah, my, they're growing. All right. Uh, next question. Jaime asked. What uh, what's the scientific basis behind drinking high pH alkaline water versus drinking standard drinking water? You, you did all the research to getting the uh, the Berkeley here. Yeah, Berkey. Uh, oh, is it Berkey? It's not yeah. Berkeley. No. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. no, that's a school. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, it is. It's really important to drink healthy water. I think lots of people focus 
way more on eating healthy food and they don't seem to care as much about water, but we're 70% water and we drink, we should be drinking a lot of water throughout the day. And it's really important to have good water in your body. We, we have this filter as honor said, it's uh, the, this Berkey filter. And whenever I go to clean it, you can, you can, uh, it's just a charcoal gravity filter. So you pour water in the top, it goes through a charcoal filter and then it comes out purified in the, in the bottom container and it tastes great. Oklahoma water does not taste good. And when you put it through the Berkey, it, it tastes a heck of a lot better. And when you, when I go to reverse purge the charcoal filters, which you can do a few times before getting a new one, uh, you purge out a bunch of the gunk that the, the, uh, filters have removed from the water. And whenever I do that, it is, it's gross. It's like this slimy stuff that you would find it in like a, a pond. It's like pond scum. (laughs) Yeah. And it, uh, it's sometimes you get like some grit and stuff like that. And I just think if, if you do not have filters doing that for your water, then your body is doing that filtration and all of that stuff that would be caught in the filter is instead going to be caught in your body. So that makes it really easy for me to yeah, just grosses me out. decide to invest in a, a decent water purification system and public drinking water, at least in most areas of the U S has been disinfected with various chemicals to improve the microbiology of, um, uh, the microbiological safety of the water. Uh, so there are initiatives that, that, uh, are, are being done to ensure our water is healthy. Uh, in fact, there are more than uh, 600 disinfecting byproducts that have been identified in drinking water, but you don't necessarily want to be drinking the disinfecting products. Right. And chlorinated water as well, uh, from all the research I've done, it's, uh, it's pretty bad for you. And according to a meta-analysis published in 2003, drinking chlorinated water over a period of 40 years increases your risk of bladder cancer by 27%. So it's good to have, I personally believe it's good to have a, a chloration filter as well to take that out of your water. Um. So water that's naturally hot, that's naturally alkaline occurs when water passes over rocks. So you get that from springs like mountain spring water and stuff. It picks up minerals, which increases its alkaline level and alkaline water and mineral water are actually the same thing. Uh, Most people don't don't know that, but uh, those are the same. And some say that alkaline water can help prevent diseases such as cancer and heart disease. However, there's not really a ton of research to actually verify those claims, especially no long-term research. So I personally think that buying a, I think it's great to drink pure spring water. If you have access to that, I would be a little apprehensive to purchase that in the form of bottled water uh, for both the 
uh, fact that you're wasting plastic. And also, I don't think it's uh, it's great to be drinking water that's been in plastic containers. Have you done the research, uh, like which bottled water is best? No, I haven't. I'm, I remember I'm seeing sure. like a YouTube video about it, but I forget what who came out on top. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good question. But I just I don't like drinking bottled water, yeah. period. So um, I personally think that buying a five thousand dollar water alkalizer is a scam. So I I don't know all the brands, but uh, Kagan or something like that. And there there are a bunch of different options. Some people swear by them. If you have one and you think it's awesome. OK, great. Keep using it. I personally don't think it's all that it's kind of chalked up to be. As I've mentioned, we use a Berkey water purifier. Uh, we don't sell them or anything. I just think they're really a really great product. So I'm <laughs> Our happy. Our affiliate code is. Happy. <laughs> so I'm happy to talk about them. It's, uh, it's a few hundred dollars instead of thousands of dollars. And they sell chlorine filters as well, which you can include. And uh, then you can uh, pass all of your water through a really great uh, charcoal gravity fed filter. And then it also passes through a chlorine filter on the other side as well. So that's what we use. I personally, I recommend those very highly and I think they're awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a water expert, but from all the research I've done, that's uh, that seems to be a really good low cost uh, method. And Berkey is just, they have some really high quality products. And I'll, and I'll just say taste wise, just because you didn't touch on that yet. Taste wise is night and day between faucet, just like faucet water. And then the Berkey it's incredible. It feel, I, I don't, I don't, I never thought I would say this about water, but it, it's smooth. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like soft and smooth. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I actually did touch on that, but I guess you forgot. Oh, did you? <laughs> COVID brain. Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't touch you on it in as much detail. I didn't give as, as good of a, a pitch as you did. But yeah, it's a heck of a lot better than Oklahoma water. All right. Michael asks, now that, you, now that we've had two separate Vegan Superhero Academy retreats, what's your absolute favorite memory from them? So oh yeah, goodness. our vegan superhero retreats are, are the retreats that we have with our clients from the vegan superhero Academy. And yeah, they're really awesome. Hard to pick uh, a favorite memory. I'll, I'll jump in first and say when speaking of COVID, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, COVID talk, yeah. but when, uh, during our last retreat, I was, um, I had COVID. I got COVID just a few days before our retreat was going to start. And I ended up missing the first half of the retreat. And then I came in on, I think it was day four, I guess. we Day four of five. The morning of yeah. day four, I planned a surprise uh, visit. And I was heading up to the retreat. Nobody except honors knew. And then and I... Yeah, and our our uh, video guy Jake, and we got and I got there and um, just uh, ran into the dining hall where all of our clients were. So there's like 150 people at the at the retreat, and ran into the dining room, and that was a really cool feeling. And nobody knew what it was going to happen or something. Honors just said, "Hey, I've got an announcement," and then I uh, just ran to the dining room, and yeah, that was that was a really cool. 
that was a really cool memory. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was really awesome too. Uh, I felt I felt like I was missing out. <laughs> I had I usually don't have FOMO about things, but I was having some some serious FOMO. Those well, first when you put in a days. ton of time to plan and organize, and then you can't even participate, it's uh, it's definitely not the best feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I would one hundred percent say uh, the the group photos of each year. Um, specific, like I loved everything else, but specifically the group photos because uh, when when we're organizing the placement of everybody, like um, I was, I, we would stand back and look at everybody. And then it's just like the sheer amount of people that you kind of just have like all these thoughts run through your head the entire time where you're like, wow, like we, we create this. It's like, we, this is the movement. This is the people. And you see people laughing, people talking. It's just like, uh, it, it's really surreal to see that that was, created from an idea in 2017 um and so seeing everyone together uh in that wearing the swag laughing it up i think that's the coolest part for sure laughing it up yeah it's <laughs> just like seeing people's smiles yeah. and yeah and, no i i totally agree. It, was, it was just it's really cool and then like i would see our our dad and and our mom well our mom wasn't there yet but like our dad she had COVID too yeah she we did. we actually went up together yeah so like see like seeing our family members with everybody it's just like it it really feels like you it's really something special yeah yeah so, it is really cool I would say if I was going to throw one other memory in there it would be playing dodgeball I just feel like the energy in that room was electric people were cheering each other on it was just a really special yeah. environment and it was it was just a heck of a lot of fun my to see competitive everyone. competitiveness really came out during that yeah <laughs> well your team did totally crush right yeah we destroyed yeah you guys did really well so but that's the only event we destroyed at. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true all right uh next question comes from morgan and she asks could you touch upon the journey after a caloric deficit next steps to take going into a caloric surplus uh please and thank you all right so the yeah that's a great question the transition from um the what i would say is you need to transition in a controlled manner yeah. And you, I would say you transition in a controlled manner from a caloric deficit, meaning you're consuming fewer calories than you burn with the goal of shredding body fat. You transition from doing that one. Uh, so let's say you're in a caloric deficit, then you hit your uh, target body fat percentage or target body weight, and then you want to transition into um, maintenance, which just means you want to hold where you're at with your body composition, or you want to transition into a caloric surplus and then start building uh, more actively building lean muscle. So yeah, you just want to do that in a really controlled manner. Lots of people diligently track their nutrition during a caloric deficit, and then they stop tracking when they go into a surplus. They're like, okay, I did the hard work. Now I can just basically eat what I want, focus on building muscle. And I see lots of people just spike with their body weight afterwards because they are eating more than they should. They're not being... And not that you need to be super strict about what you eat. Just do it in a controlled manner because you have been 
you've been really controlled with dieting. And then if you just kind of take off all of those, uh, all of the guidelines from a dietary perspective and just eat what you want, then you're likely going to uh, overeat because you don't have, you're not imposing any kind of, um, any kind of structure on your nutrition. So yeah, I would, I would say transition in a controlled manner to maintenance, and then you can hold there for a few days or just maintain at that point if you want. And then you can, uh, if you do want to go into a surplus, then you also transition slowly into a surplus. And this, this should not be, you should not go from a caloric deficit to, and say, uh, for me, a calor, a normal caloric deficit when I'm uh, focusing on fat loss would probably be maybe 22 to 2,500 calories per day. And then bulking calories would be probably about a thousand or so more than that. So you wouldn't want to go from one to the other without any kind of transition period. You really should listen to your body and just make sure that you are you're maintaining some kind of structure because it's really easy to to uh, gain body fat back quickly if you are not uh, if if you're not um, actively uh, overseeing your nutrition in some way yeah well um, I'll, I'll touch on the like the psychological side of stuff real quick just because I think that's where a lot of people need to understand what's going to be taking place uh, more so than not more so than the structure of like what actually needs to be done. Uh, but it's what's definitely going to be a, a fight for sure is, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when you get to a certain low, let's say body fat percentage, um, the, you're going to have this sense of accomplishment. You're going to feel like you have really grinded through uh, a period of time and you put in all this hard work, discipline and dedication and so forth. And you, you meet a goal. And if that is the transition from not having to focus, like you feel like you don't, you got to this goal that you've been working on for so long, and then you're looking forward to transition to now focusing on building muscle. If that is your first time jumping from not having to focus on losing weight to building muscle, it can really affect you uh, mentally through that transitional period. And so it's just understanding that um, as you're transitioning, you can't, you can't say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be able to indulge in all these things or I can have, um, in, uh, like, have like cheap meals and, and increase these, this amount of calories astronomically throughout this whole process because you're going to really get yourself into a place where you um, start questioning uh, how you feel about the the progress in yourself through this through everything um, and so like for me after my first bodybuilding competition I did do what you're not supposed to do I was like man I stepped on stage it was the leanest I've ever been and then I ate everything and it's it's a very unhealthy um process to, to uh, steps to take because it's going to resort you back to where your mentality was and your habits were even before you were you discipline yourself to lose the weight and it's going to make you revert back to where you started instead of continue to to build upon 
um, the the discipline, the habits and routines, um, how the the confidence and the pride that you feel toward yourself, and you're going to start really itching away at that. And so, uh, having this transitional period is to eliminate that from happening, uh, and it's also healthy to not overconsume like you were saying, a thousand calories from one day to the next and transition so your body can acclimate and be able to uh, digest that quantity, uh, that increased caloric intake. Um, and so I, I think it's just really understanding that it, preparing yourself mentally is important in this process as well and understanding that will take place. It's also when you're in a caloric surplus, you need to understand that by definition, you will be gaining some body fat back. So you also, from a mental perspective, you also need to understand that that is going to happen and you just need to maintain a really good kind of headspace about that as you were touching on. That's why structure is important. It's really helpful to have a coach as well guide you through that process if you've never done it before, especially. It's not easy mentally or physically. And yeah, it can really help to have a sounding board through that process. All right, next question comes from Sarah. She said, if you could do anything you wanted, I'd love to hear what a perfect day would be for you. Interesting question. Um, I'm no tech. uh, So no phone, no laptop. (laughs) Um, I, I would like to, I don't like sleeping in. Um, so I would still get up in my regular time. Um, I would sit in front of the fire. I would have a cup of coffee. I'd probably have some, some fruit and I would probably read, uh, until I got bored of it. Um, from there, I'd probably work out and then I would have some sort of lunch and then, and then I would probably, um, play some video games and then the rest of the day, I would just want it to be quiet. (laughs) I am that simple. So your perfect day would include you being in Oklahoma. (laughs) My perfect day would just be able to do whatever I want. And what I enjoy most is just being kind of in my own thought, silence, and being in a comfortable place. And so if we are going to be wild, um, like there's like two, there's two extremes here. It's like that. You're going to be wild. That's what I would prefer because that's, I think my, my mental health is the most important. And that's what I like to do. Uh, but and, I, and what would party honors do? <laughs> I, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so <laughs> I would probably do. I would probably if I could do all these things in one day, I'd probably go scuba diving. I would probably go skydiving. I would probably go bungee jumping. Uh, you know, it's like I'd probably do all those things. Actually, if I could do anything, I would do a, <laughs> I would do a halo jump. A halo jump? Yes. Uh, from a helicopter. Or what, what does that mean? Uh, a halo jump is, uh, so skydiving's typically uh, at about uh, oh, just like 15,000. A uh, uh, halo jump is at like 35,000, 40,000. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I was thinking halo. <laughs> yeah. So halo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Those are a bunch of different answers. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's I I also think of time, so it's like I don't think of like doing those things. I I do feel like I'm really fast paced, so I gravitate towards just like laying low. Yeah. So I'd either be sitting quietly by the fire and reading or jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> yeah. All with right. A, with an oxygen tank. <laughs> yeah. You need that for that height. Okay, well that's not uh that would not be my perfect day. I would say yeah, definitely Definitely no phone, no laptop, just totally disconnected. I absolutely love working out outside, like lifting outside, and I've only done it a few times ever. So hitting hitting a outdoor resistance training uh, session would would be one of the first things I like to do, and then just having lots of really healthy fruit smoothies, being in nature, going on a hike, swimming in a lake, doing that kind of stuff. Or I recently saw some some pictures of uh, some members of our uh, vegan superhero academy who just went to Costa Rica. And <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that looks pretty nice. Yeah. So yeah, the idea of like hiking through a rainforest or something would be pretty awesome. Also, I've <clears throat> I've also only done this a few times ever, but I one I absolutely love playing the drums. I don't do it enough, and that would be something I would want to devote time to in a perfect day. But playing drums outside is amazing. It's so interesting. Basically, I'm just outside the whole day. <laughs> just, I'm doing all my favorite things outside. <laughs> So yeah, working out, <clears throat> drinking a lot of healthy smoothies, being in nature, hiking, swimming in a lake, playing drums outside, basically just doing lots of things outside yeah. would be my idea of a perfect day. Snorkeling in Maui would be pretty dope too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, our, that was incredible. Yeah. Our Maui <clears throat> trip is still the, the best trip I've ever taken. Yeah, I, I, I'm i a sucker for warm weather, and it's just like that was literally everything I would want in a uh, in a trip. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, next question. Uh, Mislav asked, why did you join the Marines? And oh. what's the situation for vegans in the Marines? I like the follow-up question to that. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest here it's like i i joined the marines because i i didn't want to go to college um i i you know i was a, a mischievous kid in, throughout high school yeah you need a little kick in the booty i i, <laughs> I definitely needed a kick in the ass that's for sure um and so it's like i was and i was at a point where i i was just i was working out for a couple of years kind of building confidence but i still wasn't that confident and I just knew through that, I figured through that process, like, I just need to continue to push myself. And I was like, college isn't going to do that. I'm going to slack off. I'll probably party. I would probably do stupid things. It's like, I'm not going to take it seriously and I would waste money. And so I was like, what is, what's something that is going to force me to do stuff uh, that is going to push me to my limits and that I would feel proud of if, because I didn't feel like I could actually do it. And it was the Marine Corps. Um, the Marine Corps, I just remember seeing the posters, the ads. They would come to um, our, our high school in dress blues. I'm like, man, it's like that looks really cool. 
Um, and so that's uh, the the de- deciding fa- uh, the, the day that I actually mentally committed to it was that day in I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the day in uh, American history class or world history where there was a kid behind me, Ray Lopez, that overheard me talk to a friend saying I was thinking about it. And he was like, you would never make it in the Marines because you're too skinny. And that was the day that I was just like, in my head, I was like, I'm doing it. And and so I committed. When I signed the papers, I cried. I was like, I'm scared. And and then, I mean, <laughs> the next day they shipped you off and you didn't really have time to think about it. <laughs> uh, and then, like, throughout boot camp, you don't ha- even have time to sit in to your thought of like, man, I don't want to be here. You're just thinking survive. And, and then you become a Marine and then you're proud. <laughs> so, um, as far as veganism, they, they, in the chow halls, that's what they, that's what they call like the, the mess halls and everything. Chow halls. Um, you also probably need a definition. For, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, they have a ton of vegetarian options. Uh, veganism, w- at least when I was in, um, was not a th- was not a thing. It'd be really tough. It, it would be very tough, um, and that's why I love when we have anyone in the service, any services, join our program because, like, I I understand the difficulties, but there are workarounds and ways to make it happen as long as you're willing to make it happen. Um, it's a little extra work, but you can totally do it. I wonder so, if there are actually workarounds in boot camp, though. Boot camp, I think that would be incredibly, at least for, so the, the branches are different. Um, yeah. And I don't know the specifics of the other branches. I just know the Marine Corps is very specific, where it's like they would make you go through the line to get your food. You can't, like, you're just not, not talking or anything. And they give you, like, less than five minutes to eat, and they're counting you down. So you're just, like, inhaling anything that they put on your tray because you can't ask for the stuff that you really want is that they just put food on it so you're all all your 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 survival mechanism in your in your brain is just like inhale and you're just like trying to get in substance and energy um and so um yeah i i see that being very difficult yeah. And I don't know if there will ever be a workaround because at least in the, in the Marine Corps boot camp, because that is unless something revolutionary comes out in scientific literature that is like, it will increase the, 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 uh, the members that you can graduate. It's like the, like their performance and everything. It's like super <laughs> soldiers. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just don't see that being a thing. I think that would be incredibly difficult. <laughs> Super <solid. laughs> All right, yeah, you got the you got some interesting COVID <laughs> brain uh, additions. But when episode. when you're in the fleet, so after graduation and becoming a marine, uh, you you can most certainly do that if you would want. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So Jason said your mission is to help one million vegans. Do you have a current number of vegans you've helped? So yeah, our goal is to help a million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. And that's because we firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. Proving to other people that you can be healthy and fit as a vegan is my favorite form of vegan uh, activism. And that's why why we're on this mission to 
to help people transform their lives and inspire others to go vegan. Uh, we are not planning to directly work with a million vegans. That's never been the goal. Uh, to date, we've directly worked with uh, 1,400 and something vegans at yeah, this point. Yeah, we're coming up on like 1,500. Yeah. But the ripple effect that those people have had in, and and that's like one-on-one coaching. We've done other things as well. But as far as one-on-one working with people, but there's also a ripple effect that those clients have in other people in their in their lives. So their friends, family. We've seen countless stories of our clients, friends, and family going vegan or uh, deciding to join our program or get more involved or just cut out animal products in their diets and go vegetarian or uh, cut their animal product consumption by 50% or something. All of this is a positive ripple effect. Obviously, it would be it would be great to just turn everyone vegan, but any reduction in animal exploitation and suffering is a positive step in the totally. right direction. So that's what this is all about. It's how do we create the biggest ripple effect possible? And we uh so yeah, we're not planning to directly work with a million vegans, but we want to help a million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. And we do that through uh, mediums such as this podcast, through our YouTube channel, which we've been really pushing uh, heavily the past few months, uh, theveganjim.com. We are in our email list and stuff. We're always trying to put out information and put out content that's going to help vegans improve their health and fitness because that is that means that you're one million you're one of these million vegans that we are helping to get uh get um yeah build a uh, a, a stronger mindset builds your health and fitness goals and inspire others so Becoming that's what the this is all version about of ourselves yeah exactly so we've talked with our team about figuring out a way to accurately track the number of vegans that we've helped and like you could just we could just go in and say oh yeah well we're gonna add our instagram followers plus our youtube subscribers plus our email list plus this plus that and then i don't know that just kind of that seems kind of like cheating yeah (laughs) just going in and counting people who know of you did you really help them do you have any actual proof that you have helped a follower on instagram the the number that it told us to is definitely more attractive <laughs> yeah it, but yeah that's it just doesn't that's really what i'm saying sense. it's just like okay yeah we could inflate our egos and be and tell ourselves that we've helped like all the people who know of us but that's lazy and that's not really that's not a that, that doesn't set the standard that we're we're trying to uh, achieve. So yeah, we went through and we ultimately decided to count everyone who is a current email and or text subscriber on the vegan gym lists. And we did that for a few reasons. One, uh, the vast majority of these people are vegan based on polls that we've run to our, uh, uh, to our email list, our text list. And we, 
we yeah we don't count podcast listeners instagram followers youtube subscribers we don't know how many of them are were actually helping in a tangible way um and that's that's why we've decided to choose our email and text lists uh all the people on those and if you're one of them thank you they've opted in to get some kind of a specially valuable resource. So you've opted in to get our protein guide or we're working on some other really awesome things that we'll be launching. And then if you are opting in for these things, then you're clearly getting some uh, next level of value beyond uh, our the content that we would post on Instagram, for example. Um, we're also continuing to help these people. People, as I said, we're looking at the current number of subscribers. People only will stay subscribed to email and text lists that actually bring them value. And people are probably a little less likely to unfollow you on Instagram if you're not if you're no longer valuable because they're following a thousand people versus an email list where I'm seeing your emails and it's just like, hey, you're not bringing me any value and I just don't want to be on your list anymore. So yeah, that's another reason. And the last reason we decide to choose that as our measure of uh of kind of quantifying the number of vegans we've helped is that it is quantifiable. We can easily track the number of our number of email and or text uh, subscribers. So we're currently at around 15,000 active email subscribers and those are current subscribers. Um, So people who are still on our list. And uh, we also have some more people that are subscribed to our text community, which adds a little bit more. So we're about uh, we're about 1.5% of the way to accomplishing our mission. So if you take roughly 15,000 divided by a million, it's about 1.5%. So I love numbers. I love being able to really concretely track that. And honestly, we haven't really been focusing on building our email list over the yeah. past few years. We we should have been doing that, and but uh, we've but been, we're doing it now. But we're doing so. it now, and that's what matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. So so yeah, I really expect that our growth here is going to be exponential. One because we're actually focusing on this now, and two, we are really leveling up our content, and well, we're, we're trying. We're to, doing a lot more outreach. Yeah. And it's going to be exciting to see what comes from that. Yeah. I, I think lots of people just, lots of people put uh, any of their good slash great content behind paywalls. And I just, that doesn't align with our mission. I want to really, I want to just give away like a bunch of our best stuff to yeah. just, to just help people. And then if you want to take it to the next level and, uh, join our our program or um, attend any events that we're going to be a part of or something awesome and we'd love to have you but we but this is really about our mission and how do we how do we help people it's it's getting useful valuable information and resources to as many vegans as possible and continuing to deliver value so yeah, if if you're if you're not on our 
on our email list, uh, you can head to thevegangym.com to join our email list. We're only going to send you super valuable emails. I don't like getting trash emails either. And I, there are, there are some times where we don't send an email for two weeks or so because I just, I, um, we're working on increasing the frequency right. of our super valuable stuff, but I just don't have anything that's super valuable to send out. And I just don't want to send out random useless emails for the sake of sending emails. So yeah, you're only going to get really valuable emails. Uh, we're also working on a vegan nutrition course right now that, uh, we will launch to our email subscribers for free. So there's some extra incentive if you're not on our email list already. Um, and yeah, I guess the, the last thing that I'll touch on to wrap up this talk about our mission is that I, I really believe in setting audacious goals that inspire you and also freak you out at the same time. Things that really light you on fire, but also scare you because they're so big and audacious and they seem kind of overwhelming. So we're just, as if you set those big goals and it's something you really care about and you wake up every day with a passion to get one step closer to that goal, those consistent efforts compound over time. And when we compound our our efforts from our team day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, compound this over the next decade, and we should be well past our goal of, of helping a million vegans based on the definition that I just ran through. So yeah, the compounding effect of focused daily effort is extraordinary regardless of what your goals are. So be sure that you have ambitious goals and then work uh, on them every single day. And you you can be in a I love the idea that anyone can be in a totally different place 12 months down the road. Your life could be completely different yeah. 12 months down the road if you if you set clear goals and you just work really hard to achieve them. So yeah, that's a... That's the last question. So we'll wrap it up there. That's a good uh, place to end on. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, please be sure to check out veganjim.com If you're not on our email list already, you can sign up there and we'll send you um, only valuable stuff. So thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode and we'll catch you on the next one. To get access to some of our best content for free, head over to veganjim.com. We've got tons of articles and guides to help you burn stubborn body fat, build lean muscle, and supercharge your health. You can even use our vegan nutrition calculator for free to figure out how much protein, calories, and micronutrients your body needs. Get started right now at theveganjim.com.